Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Tagliere, and we've got Week 16 DFS. We got three games on Saturday. We got a bunch of games for the main Sunday slate, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. FanDuel, DraftKings, primarily talking about those cash games. Going to hit up GPP at the end. We've got a great guest as well. It's Derek Cardi. He does fantasy MLB and NFL for ESPN Fantasy and Roto Grinders, and he's the creator of The Bat and the Blitz. Now, Derek, can you tell them about what the bat and the blitz are? I've used the bat for a long time. This is actually the third year for the blitz. It's killing it this year, though. It has my attention for sure. It seems like that's been the thing this year. Like, it's been fantastic, you know, every year. But this is the year when people have really, I think, started to notice, you know, the word of mouth has kind of gotten out. And uh, it's been it's been such a strong year. They're, they're my projection systems. They're over at Roto-Grinders. And it's just been crushing. You know, your, your methodology seems a lot different than the rest of the industry. You're very much a projections math guy. I love that. Uh, and you've had some calls this year where it's like, you've turned me on to them. And a lot of other people in the industry were sleeping on them. Like last week, Kenyon Drake, you were all over him. Yep. Last week, I was all over Kenyon Drake. Danny Amendola was a guy I was really big on last week. You know, the Blitz is not afraid to go out on a ledge. I still think as much information as there is out there with NFL there's still a lot of really crucial things that people just underrate and miss. And uh, and there's a lot of bias in groupthink. Yep, I agree with that. It's primarily the volume and uh, and people sometimes overrate matchups and discount how good superstars are regardless of that because of their volume. Natags, I haven't even talked to you yet. That's rude of me. I'm sorry, dude. Oh, no, it's good, dude. It's, it's good to have you back on the podcast. I'm just happy that I didn't have to talk at the beginning. I'm, I, I would much <laughs> prefer doing the role that I'm doing today than the one that I was doing yesterday. So it's uh, it's good to have you back, man. Well, thanks, man. You, you nailed it with the eggnog stuff, though. I don't know if Tom Brady's the right comp for eggnog, but eggnog's really freaking good. It's a, a finally a food take that you and I can agree on. Yeah, well, we finally have one. Derek, what's your take on eggnog, dude? Oh, I love eggnog. It's great. All right. I wasn't sure where you were going with it when you dropped Tom Brady. I was like, this could go either way, but uh, I wouldn't <laughs> compare it to Tom Brady either. Someone much better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You are really getting into our listeners, by the way. Hey, if you guys want to talk to Derek about that, uh, he's on Twitter, at Derek Cardi. Uh, don't talk to Tags and I about it, even though we agree, at Bobby Fantasy Pro, at Mike Taglier NFL. Derek, as you know, Patriots fans can be feisty about Tom Brady. Oh, they they are. And and not to take anything away from his career, obviously. He's been phenomenal, yeah. He's been fantastic. But he's, what, 43 years old, 44 years old? Like, it comes a time for everybody where they get worse. And uh, it's happening for Brady, it's happening for Rodgers, and people don't really want to admit it. Yeah, if you ever want to make people really mad on Twitter, by the way, all you need to do, post your top 10 quarterbacks of all time. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. People will stop following you and they will hate you because they disagree with you. <laughs> I made that mistake a couple of days ago. I actually had a lot of fun with it, but um, yeah, people are pretty mean, man. <laughs> All right, let's get into the content. Again, we've got FanDuel and DraftKings. We're going to start with cash games. We'll go position by position. Now, running back position over on FanDuel, our, our model is just screaming Chris Carson again against Arizona. A great matchup with Penny out. Carson's going to get a bulk of the workload, as we saw last week. His cost per point, um, and th- this is based on his salary and his consensus projections around the industry, 21.4 points, is $384, which is incredible because number two is all the way down at 450. Number three is 454. Like it's a huge gap over in DraftKings. We don't have the same benefit of using Carson at that kind of price point. Who do you love over on DraftKings tags? I'm 
I'm not a big fan of Carson this week against Arizona at his price there, 8,500. I mean, if you're starting in cash games, it starts with Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's got to be a lock in lineups at 6,600 against the Dolphins team that, I mean, running backs are averaging over 30 touches per game against that team. And Mixon himself, no matter what the game script has been, he's been getting touches. Both teams run at a very high pace. Uh, there's really not a lot to be concerned with Mixon, especially with the way he's playing right now. Sneak peek here is that he's my lock of the week. I can't believe you're going away from CMC, dude. Uh, we're going to talk about that as we go through it, but uh, there's some choices that have to be made. And uh, unfortunately, Christian McCaffrey in cash games, It's I've been playing him every single week. And with Will Greer taking over as the quarterback, we don't know what the offense is going to look like. It's You don't run the ball particularly well against Indianapolis. You you want, you want do you can drop off, uh, dump off passes to running backs over and over. And I it's not to say that Christian McCaffrey is not going to do that, but we don't know if Will Greer is going to be as, as checked down as someone like Kyle Allen has been. All right, Derek, Joe Mixon, Chris Carson, do you have another favorite? Or what do you think about these guys? I'm not super on either of them. Like Carson, I thought kind of ran lucky last week. Like he did not actually get the volume that everyone thought he was going to get. He got there because, you know, he scored a couple touchdowns and, and he got a couple garbage time things and the other team turned the ball over. Like Kyle Allen threw like four picks or something. So he just got... He got more raw volume than actual like percentage volume. He only got like 75% of the carries, less than 10% of the targets. For me at that price, I, you know, I just don't really think he's a guy that I'm on. Definitely not on DraftKings, maybe on FanDuel. Yeah, on DraftKings, I want to even consider him. We've got him at 15% projected ownership on DraftKings. Some people are still going to use him, but that price is just absolutely wild. So uh, who are, who are some of your favorites? The problem this week is that running back is straight up terrible. Like running back is just a dumpster fire right now. DeAndre Washington is the only guy that you can say is a must play. And and he is a must play with, with Josh Jacobs out. He's too cheap. He's going to get the bulk of the carries. He's going to get a good amount of targets. And he's 4K on DraftKings. He's uh, 5'6 on FanDuel. He's the only guy that I feel absolutely great about. And then I'm probably pretty locked into Leonard Fournette also, who... I don't feel as good about because like, whatever, he's Leonard Fournette and he hasn't been good this year and whatever. And people want to shit on him all the time and whatever. But like, who else can you rely on for 20 touches every single week at this price point? That's exactly it. Like running back talent doesn't really matter. Like running back volume is what matters. And Fournette gets the volume. He gets 95% of the carries. He gets 20% of the targets, especially if DJ Shark is out again this week. You know, I uh, I have a hard time getting off of Fournette, especially because his price is so low, you know, for what his volume is and compared to other guys who get that kind of volume. I get the, the argument that, you know, Jacksonville is bad and that Fournette hasn't scored any touchdowns this year, but touchdowns are so noisy. Like, it's just variance. It, it really just has to be variance. He has to score at some point and he gets so much volume in every other aspect. All right, guys, let's take a break really quick because I want to tell you about a contest we have going on, okay? We're giving away a signed Kenny Galladay full-sized Lions helmet, and here's what you need to do to enter the competition because we're going to be giving this away to one lucky listener. You leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at fantasypros.com. That's it. It's really simple. It takes like 30 seconds to do. You can check out the details for that at fantasypros.com slash contest. And by the way, if you've enjoyed this season or you're doing really well and you're in your fantasy championship and we've helped you, can you please just take 30 seconds to leave a review? We love reading them. We read every single one. We want to know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. You guys want us to change. We just want feedback. It really does help us out a lot and it doesn't take very long to do. And by the way, we're able to do these giveaways thanks to Pristine Auction, which is where we got the helmet. 
As you guys know, Tags and I love Pristine Auction. We're always there looking for values, and they're easy to find because they've got hundreds, sometimes even thousands of items that they auction off every single day, and you're going to be able to find something you love for your cave. Let me just give you an example, okay? Who's the best non-quarterback in football history? I know everyone's thinking the same exact player. It's Lawrence Taylor. Signed Lawrence Taylor jersey that you can frame and hang in your cave. 75 bucks. Or maybe you want to go a little bit cheaper. I saw a signed Amari Cooper football went for 30 bucks yesterday. There's great values to find, and everything is guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. If you go to Pristine Auction, sign up. It's free to sign up and enter the registration code Fantasy Pros. It's going to get you $5 off, and it's going to tell them we're sending people their way. That way we can keep doing these contests. Again, that's pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com. So what's the so what's the downgrade from going like saving some money going down to Mixon? I know you said that you're not on Mixon. Uh, I don't really understand the like what the the reason would be to pay up for Fournette. I like the volume too, and I, he's actually some guy on my list that I wouldn't mind playing. But you're you're saving six hundred going down to Mixon, and uh, and what I would say is a much better matchup. I guess for me, matchups don't matter all that much. Like Bobby kind of alluded to it at the, at the top. Like I think people do overrate matchups to an extent. And sure, this, this is a great matchup for Mixon, and I think he's a good play. But when Mixon is a guy who gets 7 or 8% of the targets, and Fournette is going to literally double him and more, $600 doesn't seem like a lot to pay for that. I, I think that's fair. Now, Jacksonville does run a, a, a slower pace than, than Cincinnati does. Um, Joe Mixon is, uh, he's been tearing it up against Cleveland, uh, 186 yards against New England, 156. And um, I'm of the mindset with you, Derek, that running backs talent does not matter anywhere near as much as, as the general public seems to think of it as. But I mean, I, I can't think of many other running backs in football that would be putting up this production in Cincinnati's offense. And now he goes from New England to Miami. I, I'm with tags. I'm all over Joe Mixon this week. Now, I love the four net call as well. But I want to ask about Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, it's a bad matchup against Philadelphia. This is somebody else who we know was locked in for a bunch of touches. You know, he's $7,900. He's only $700 more than Leonard Fournette. Our consensus projections have him at a full five points higher. I think he's more likely to hit that DraftKings bonus as well. Tags, are you on Zeke this week? Is he in consideration for your cash game pool? I absolutely love Zeke. He's just, I mean, it's tough to get to him at 7,900. I like him more in tournaments, but uh, yeah, against Philadelphia, he's played them five times in his career. And like, even going back to last year, Philadelphia was a really good run defense in the two games against Philadelphia, 36.7 PPR points, 31.2. And that's, that's without bonuses uh, included for a site like DraftKings, where you get the bonus at hundred yards. So, I mean, even earlier this year in week seven, he's, he's one of the only running backs that has done well against Philadelphia. He, he scored 26.7 points in that game. Well, it certainly helps if he's going to get 30 touch he had 28 in week seven when they're playing Philadelphia you can guarantee Zeke is getting the rock yeah and those in those five games against uh, Philadelphia over the course of his career uh, he has totaled at least 140 total yards in each game and knowing that Dak Prescott is a little banged up knowing that you know this is a must-win game it, it does suck that it's on the road but I do like Zeke uh, it's just I don't know if I could pay up for him in cash Derek I want to ask you what you think about these historical individual matchups is it more along the lines of well, if you flip a coin seven times, sometimes it's going to come up head six out of seven times, and so it's going to look really good. But a lot of times it's going it's going to be the, like if you flip it another time, it might come up tails. doesn't mean it's more likely to come up heads. Do you think that these individual matchups you can rely on historical data moving forward? 
What do you mean by historical data? Like what the player has done versus this team in the past? Ver versus that team over the last few years, yeah. In the same defensive scheme. I wouldn't do it if they had changed defensive coordinators or anything, but it's the same scheme. I I'm not arguing with you. I just want Derek's take. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's not something that I, I look at at all. I mean, there's just so much that can change. You know, a, a player will play a team a max of, what, twice in a season? And there's a lot of turnover from season to season. There's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of personnel changes. For, for me, I'd rather just evaluate, you know, the defense individually, the player individually, throw the usage in there, and then put it together. And I think that's probably a better gauge than, you know, the, the three-game sample that we have of this guy versus the defense. Yeah, I, th I think it's a lot different from baseball in the sense that, you know, it, everything changes, even from month to month with the way that a pitcher's pitch is spinning and moving and, you know, whether he's tipping pitches and everything along these lines. And the say, sample sizes are just so small there. I think with football, it is different because of the scheme. I like the Zeke play this week. Over on DraftKings tags, I'm really fond of Zeke, Mixon, Fournette, Washington. Besides that, guys, I've got one more play that I want to ask you about. You guys can throw out whatever plays you want as well, but Melvin Gordon is sticking out in our model because he's $5,600 against Oakland's crummy defense. Um, the implied total by Vegas this week, Derek, is 26 points for the Los Angeles Chargers. Can we trust Melvin Gordon in a cash game? You're almost forced to this week. There's there's probably like three guys in this range that I'll probably wind up on one of them and I don't feel great about any of them. But Melvin Melvin's definitely one of those guys. You know, his his carry volume was a little bit lower, you know, last week, which was not ideal, but like against Minnesota though, like what did we expect? He fumbled twice. That's the thing, Tags. He fumbled twice. Right. And Eckler got a lot more. You know, Justin Jackson worked in you know, he's fine, I think, at 5'6". He's not a guy that I feel is a safe play or a guy that in a normal week I'd feel comfortable playing. But on a week like this where I really don't think there's a lot of standout running back plays at all, I think he has to be in your mix. Tags, I wanted to ask about him because I think a ton of people are going to use him. I can't do it. Now, this could kill me. He could absolutely go off against Oakland, but he doesn't seem safe to me. What do you think? I don't think he's necessarily safe. Like the last time they did play the Raiders, he did total 23 touches compared to just eight for Eckler. And it seems like it could be a game where all the game script goes his favor because he's the primary one, two down back. Yeah, they're 6.5 point home. Well, there's really no home game for the Chargers, but they're 6.5 point favorites. Yeah, no, I, I understand the, the idea to play him, but why not just go to Philip Lindsay? They're, they're six and a half point home favorites. Because Philip Lindsay's playing 35% of the snaps for Denver. Well, that's because like the game script. Seven touches last week. When the game script goes negative, he's going to be off the field because Royce Freeman's playing a lot of those passing down snaps where Philip Lindsay in the, the all but one game that they've won this year, uh, he's totaled at least 15 carries in all those games. And going against Detroit, I'm not saying that I'm going to play Lindsey, but I I think I would rather play Philip Lindsey than Melvin Gordon. The Chargers have just been way too uh, unpredictable for me to rely on the production there, and they could be giving Eckler a bigger role uh, with the way he's, he's been producing. So it's tough. I don't know if I play either of those guys, but those two, I, I'm not saying they're, they're bad options. I think that's entirely fair. Derek, do you see any plays that, uh, that really stand out to you as, um, you know, a lot of people are going to use them or um, you wouldn't mind using them. You wouldn't call somebody crazy if they used them in a cash game. Yeah, so so I think Lindsay definitely fits that bill. Also, some question marks like we have with Gordon, but you know, like uh, you know, like you said, I think I think the game script probably plays in his favor a little bit. I think he's fine for a cash game, and I wouldn't tell someone they're crazy to play Adrian Peterson in a cash game this week. You know, he in certain ways feels terrible, and in certain ways feels safer <laughs> than these other guys because at least we know what his volume is going to be. He's going to get seventy percent of the carries. 
He's going to get 5 or 6% of the targets. And it's a super run-heavy offense. It's the most run-heavy offense in the league. Especially lately since they changed schemes. Right, exactly. So I don't mind it. Like, it feels gross, but on a week where running back is bad, I, I don't mind it. Tags, that sounds pretty gross, but when you watch AP play, he's still a really good football player. Yeah, I just worry about game script in that one because it is possible that Washington falls behind and he's not really involved in the passing game. I think he'd be more in play on some on like FanDuel, but uh, on DraftKings, what about Devonta Freeman, guys? We haven't talked about him. I mean, Devonta Freeman against the Jags. I mean, over the last uh, six weeks, they've allowed 939 rushing yards, nine <laughs> touchdowns. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous at this point that the team has just kind of given up and there's teams, there's there's players filing grievances and we have Leonard Fournette winning and then we get... They just fired Tom Coughlin too. Like, the whole team is falling apart. Yeah, there's so much going on with that franchise. It just feels like they haven't been able to do much and the injuries obviously have added up on that front seven. So... Devonta Freeman at 6K, I, I I would probably rather pay the extra 400 to move up to Freeman from someone like Melvin Gordon. I'm totally fine with Devonta Freeman. Derek, do you disagree? I don't disagree. He's a guy that I'm interested in. I think if he goes back to, you know, last week he got, I think, like 82% of the carries or something like that, which was what he was trending towards getting for a few weeks before he got injured. He was that, you know, 80 to 85%, you know, true workhorse back. And, you know, he came back from the injury. His usage has kind of bounced around in the three weeks since then. If he winds up there, I think he's a fantastic play. I just think I'm not 100% confident that that's where he's going to end up. I'll say this for Freeman. I think the reason that he hasn't been good is because they've been playing, you know, they played New Orleans. So, of course, he didn't do anything. New Orleans is great against the run. Uh, They played New Orleans again after he came back from the injury. And then they played San Francisco. Now, when they played Carolina, he was very good, as expected. I don't think this matchup is as bad as the Carolina matchup, but it's pretty dang close. I like Freeman a lot. And before we move on, um, we already got Tag's opinion on Christian McCaffrey. Well, I guess, Tag's, I should ask you just really quick. Are you playing Christian McCaffrey, or is he just not your lock of the week? I'll have exposure to him in like tournaments, uh, but in cash, I typically usually only make one cash lineup, maybe two on an odd week, but uh, I just don't think I could fit him in this week is all. I'm with you. I'm not using McCaffrey. Derek, where do you stand? I'm probably not going to get there. Uh, I'm not going to tell anyone they're wrong to do it because I've spent this whole time talking about how bad running back is this week, so you just want to <laughs> lock in the, the production of McCaffrey. I think that's perfectly fine. For me, I think Michael Thomas is going to be my my high spend guy. You know, I'll I'll take the discount on Thomas, who I think actually is just as good, if not a better play than McCaffrey this week. Um, I've been big Michael Thomas guy for a long time. Um, you know, people are finally starting to catch on a little bit, not as much as they should, but Michael Thomas is so freaking good. So I'll probably wind up there instead. A few other popular plays, and I don't think any of these guys are downright awful. Alvin Kamara at Tennessee, Austin Eckler face Oakland. You could use Marlon Mack against Carolina. I think that's more of a GPP play, though. That's over on FanDuel. Over on DraftKings, I think some people are going to use Patrick Laird. I do think that's a terrible idea because he might have lost the job to Miles Gaston. Now, you can have exposure to him in GPP. Um, I think Laird could be fine in this matchup, but it's just too risky to do in cash games in my mind. DeAndre Washington, we're locking in. There's a couple other good plays as well. Let's go to the wide receiver position, though, guys. Now, you already mentioned Michael Thomas, uh, Derek. Tags, are you playing Michael Thomas this week against Tennessee? Yeah, I'd probably want to get up to him at 9,300, especially like Adoree Jackson has been, uh, he had to miss last week and obviously they lost Malcolm Butler earlier. So those cornerback matchups, like they just don't have the pedigree to hang with someone like Michael Thomas and the offense just funnels through him. So I, yeah, I, I, I think Michael Thomas is the one you pay up for and I could find like obviously saving $800 going down from Christian McCaffrey to Thomas saves you some money. So yeah, Michael Thomas is a guy that I'm definitely willing to play. 
This is the highest I've seen all season. Our ownership projections have Michael Thomas at 74% ownership on DraftKings. I feel like if you don't play him, you're probably a fool. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't know if it gets that high, but I mean... I don't think people are that smart. People, Michael Thomas has been <laughs> Michael Thomas has been underowned all year. You go into a week and you're like Michael Thomas is a lock and he's thirty percent in cash games. Like people just uh, maybe maybe I don't know why they haven't been playing him, but like he's been the best play on pretty much every slate, especially ones that don't have McCaffrey, and he still comes in underowned every single time. Man, he is absolutely incredible. Like you look at his game log. 41 points, 22, 27, 28, 25, 26, 30, 31. It never ends. He's the best wide receiver in football. He gets the most volume in football. He plays with an elite quarterback, a good offensive line, a great play caller, a high pass offense. There's just no reason not to play Thomas. Here's the thing. If you're playing McCaffrey this week, I think you're also playing Thomas. And that's why it's tough to play McCaffrey because you also have to get in Thomas. It's not either or for me. It's do I play Thomas or do I play both? <laughs> All right, outside of Thomas Tags, do you have a favorite wide receiver? Not really. Um, I'm, I was kind of like hoping to just sift through them uh, on the show because like I was looking. You were hoping like we would tell you who to play. <laughs> I feel like Derek was saying that he he feels bad about running back this week. I feel terrible about wide receiver. Like I like Amari at 67, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend that he's typically a cash game play. He's, he's, he's really not. Yeah, I was going to say, man, I would challenge that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like I like him a lot this week. Keenan Allen probably at 6,300 because that price is too low for someone that gets the target share. He does, but understand that Oakland has been defending the slot a, t a lot better as of late. All right, guys, we've got some more wide receivers to talk about. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about Travis Matthews. So if you watch our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasy pros, you probably see me looking good in my Travis Matthew clothes because I'm always wearing them. I'm not just saying this because it's an ad read. I'm saying this because I always wear them. It's super comfortable. It looks great. I always get a lot of comments about it, and they're good comments too. Guys, holiday shopping season is underway, and Travis Matthew draws its inspiration from all aspects of Southern California culture and lifestyle. They make premier men's apparel for work and play. Tex and I always talk about how we like to be comfortable and that's why we don't really dress nice. Well, now I can dress nice and be comfortable and I didn't know that was possible until I heard about Travis Matthew. They've been leading the way in quality, everyday apparel, and active wear design. Travis Matthew Apparel incorporates performance elements into everyday lifestyle products with premium quality fabric blends that provide style and comfort for every occasion. Travis Matthews committed to constant innovation and discovery to bring the best to their customers. In other words, Travis Matthew makes the clothes you can actually live in. Go to travismatthew.com slash football to get 15% off your first purchase. Again, that's travismatthew.com slash football to get 15% off your first purchase. They're throwing a party and you're invited. Derek, what do you think about Chris Conley? He is uh, blowing up in our system. Yeah, assuming DJ Shark is out again, Conley's a guy that's popping in the blitz. Also, you know, he's a guy who... I think is, is a pretty good receiver. You know, he's going to get extra volume with Shark, you know, potentially out again. They're going into a dome, which we haven't actually mentioned it at all yet this show, but I am super huge on domes. I think it's one of the most underrated factors in DFS. When you get a quarterback or a receiver in a dome, it is a big boost. And so I think Conley is probably one of the better value wide receivers this week, assuming Shark is out. We saw it last week. He had eight targets, but even when Shark was there, he had eight targets in week 11. He had nine in week 12, seven in week nine, seven in week eight, eight in week seven. They've been using him a ton. And and you're right. He is a, a quality football player. It's not as good of a matchup against Oakland, but this week at his price point on DraftKings, 
Heck yeah, I'm using him. Um, now we've got some money to spend because we're using DeAndre Washington. Tags, I don't know about you, but I'm using Chris Conley. Is there another expensive wide receiver, Derek, that you're fond of? Yeah, you guys mentioned Keenan Allen, who's too cheap. He's probably the guy that I will wind up on in addition to Thomas, but I think there's a really strong case to be made for paying up for Julio also this week. You know, he's at home, he's in a dome uh, with no Ridley. Tags is loving this. He got legit 50% of the targets last week. Like the t- the volume should be there. It's it's a good spot. It's a pretty good matchup. I think Julio is very much in play. Dude, he had 20 targets last week? Oh man, who was it tags? It was McMahon that was fighting you about Julio Jones last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I was all on Julio Jones. I used him in all my cash games. No, I mean, it was just it was an easy play to make. Um but like the thing is is AJ Boye is really good. I don't know if they're going to shadow because they haven't really been doing that, but he will trail him a little bit. I don't like Julio as much as I did last week, and they obviously bumped up his price uh, to 8K from 7K. That was a little bit more appealing last week. So there are uh, there are things I like about Julio, but I don't think I'm going to pay 8K to get to him in cash this week. I'll go up to Thomas and pay for the 9300 there, um, but I, I'm kind of looking for like one of those middle tier receivers. I did have Conley on my list as well, but like I'm, I'm thinking about Tyler Boyd. Uh, at 5,800 against the Dolphins. There's always one wide receiver that kind of gets theirs against the Dolphins. And, you know, looking at this Bengals roster, I think we know it's Tyler Boyd. And outside of the games with Ryan Finley, he's been relatively consistent. So at 5,800, I think Tyler Boyd is a, a pretty safe play. I think that's a good call. I mean, I'd be shocked if he didn't get seven targets. He always does. Except for one week in Oakland, he had three. I don't know what that was about. But besides then, he's right up there every week. Derek, what's your take on uh, Tyler Boyd? I think Boyd is fine. You know, I think the matchup is good. Yeah, I think he's perfectly fine. He's not really fitting into into builds. Like I'd rather get up, spend the extra five hundred on Keenan Allen. I just think Allen is is the better player. You know, also in a really good matchup, um, probably better and safer volume. Um, and you know, even though people really don't like Rivers right now, I do think he's a better quarterback than Dalton. So I prefer Keenan Allen. Um, but I think Boyd is perfectly fine. So we've primarily been talking DraftKings for wide receivers so far because on FanDuel. They're making it so easy for us again, because here we have DJ Moore, 17th most expensive wide receiver, Devontae Parker, 10th most expensive wide receiver, Keenan Allen, 12th most expensive wide receiver. I don't know if I'm using Michael Thomas over there because I can't imagine not using those three guys. Um, For what it's worth, our consensus projections have more fourth in projected points. Parker, third in projected points against Cincinnati. Keenan Allen, fifth. I'm using all these guys. I mean, they're all under $7,000, which is a great price on FanDuel. Yeah, I mean, I like them all, but I I still think you have to play Thomas. I I think it's a mistake not to. He's just so much better than everybody else in football. Like, it's just not even close. So I think you play him and two of those guys. You know, Thomas, Moore, and then probably a guy like Keenan Allen or whoever else you want. I think that's probably the move on FanDuel for me. It's it's definitely hard, but without it being full PPR— Our consensus projections have Thomas at 16.7 points. That's only three points higher than Moore, Parker, and Allen. Um, There's no, you don't get the 100-yard bonus either. I love him on DraftKings. I like him a ton on FanDuel. I don't know if I'll be using him. He's he's probably the fourth most likely guy that I would use. And frankly, I wouldn't even consider anyone outside of Moore, Parker, Allen, Michael Thomas on FanDuel just because the four stand so far above the rest. Um, Now, Tags, over on DraftKings, I love Devontae Parker there too. Uh, Parker at 68, I, I don't mind him at all. So William Jackson is like a cornerback that was coming up and was was better uh, like in prior years. He that, that entire defense has played better over the last four weeks, so I don't want to like completely write them off. 
but Parker's been doing it every year. I just hate that they priced him up. I wish he was right around like that 6,000 mark, like maybe 6,200, but getting up to 68, I just feel weird going from Boyd at 58 up to Parker at 68. Cause I'm going to have to choose between those two guys. Uh, I don't, I don't hate Parker at all. I, I find it really odd that people are going to play DJ Moore in cash just because like of the uncertainty around Will Greer. It's a, it's, I mean, in cash, the last thing you want is uncertainty and, there's a lot of it. And Indianapolis playing at home, coming off that embarrassing loss against New Orleans. Maybe it's a team that shows up. Uh, they, I don't know. That was, that was a terrible game. So, well, he's also the fifth most expensive wide receiver on DraftKings. Like I, I get not using him there. I'm, I want to use him in, on DraftKings, but on FanDuel, if you get DJ Moore at 17th most expensive, you're not using him. I mean, I, I think he's consi- like, you should consider him for sure. But it's all about like, you ever look at your lineup? Like I had that in a, in a finals in my, one of my redraft leagues where you look at your lineup and you're like, my team did pretty well. But then you look at it and you're like, they didn't, it didn't have any superstars. There were like nobody, there was nobody that like stood out. And if you're paying up for someone like DJ Moore and DraftKings up at 6,900, it's not paying up, but it's, it's, it, it is what it is. But I just feel like it's one of those games that you're going to walk away being like, he did fine, but he's not, I don't think he'll be the reason that you're winning money this week. Sure. Derek, do you have any other plays that you're fond of this week at the wide receiver position for cash games? I mean, after that, it kind of, it kind of does get gross. I think Thomas is a must. I think more on FanDuel is a must. I like Keenan Allen. I like Julio. I like Conley as a cheap guy. I think if, uh, if Shark is out, I think Didi's probably viable in the same spot. There's not a whole, I mean, it just feels like one of these weeks where there's just, there's not as much to like as you want there to be. You know, I think Danny Amendola, I was big on him last week. I think you can consider maybe going back to him. I think, uh, I think Larry Fitzgerald is is probably too cheap again this week. I think he's fine. I think Steve Sims is interesting enough, probably more of a GPP guy, but like, I think a Washington stack in GPP is actually really great. But, you know, it's just a week where I'm kind of hoping some value opens up or something because it just feels like one of those weeks where I don't love the way lineups are coming together. I don't love a lot of these values. So, you know, that's just kind of where we're at this week. Tags, I got one more play for you. You can add whoever you want, of course, as well. But um, Curtis Samuel, $4,500. You know, he's a very good football player. He hasn't been used as much because of who Allen is. Well, he's been used. It's just a matter of getting him the ball down the field. And well, Kyle Allen couldn't do it. It depends on what you mean by used. like four targets in week 14, four targets in week 12. But now they're, but I know, but they've been handing him the ball. Like, so basically you take those targets and they've turned into handoffs that he was getting because he was getting like seven, eight targets a week. And uh, then they started like changing it up a little bit and giving him handoffs, which, which does add to his floor. I have Curtis Samuel as a good tournament play at 4,500. I do like him. It's just not in cash though. By the way, did you know that over his career, 29 carries he averages 9.4 yards per carry mm-hmm. wow dude just give the guy the ball <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying me okay let's go to the quarterback position then we'll hit up tight end dst and circle back around uh guys i have to admit i am using will greer on DraftKings at forty three hundred dollars anyone want to fight me not even a little bit oh yeah baby let's go Derek tags you want to fight I don't want to fight. I mean, I, am I going to use him in my <laughs> cash lineup? No. You're using Lamar Jackson, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to pay for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's either Lamar Jackson or Will Greer. It has to be. That's why I can't get to uh, Christian McCaffrey's because I want to pay. I, I'm like looking at the quarterback position. I just want to get Lamar Jackson in there. He, he's. I think he's setting the record this week in terms of like he needs like 31.7 fantasy points to break uh, Patrick Mahomes' single season record for fantasy points by a quarterback. I think it happens against Cleveland. 
isn't it so stupid that like, okay, cash games, we need 2.5x. And so what that means, if this is your first time hearing this, okay, 2.5x, it means for every $1,000, you need 2.5 fantasy points. So Lamar Jackson, $8,000, he needs 20 fantasy points, and we've got him projected for 26.4. Do you know how many times he hasn't reached 20? Once against Pittsburgh. Besides that, he's 20 plus every week, and he's got a pretty good matchup against Cleveland Tags. Lamar Jackson's an amazing play this week. But Will Greer, we need 10 points, man. Eric, he's getting that right. <laughs> he's, yeah, I haven't projected for 16. He's easily the best point per dollar guy on the slate. I have no problem if you want to go up to Lamar. Obviously, he's the top guy, you know, in a raw sense by a big amount. But Will Greer in a dome against a mediocre defense for 4.3K with a lot of good weapons to throw to, I think he's a fantastic play also. Yeah, and I'll say this, on FanDuel, uh, there's no one else I would consider besides Lamar Jackson. In fact, sneak preview, he's going to be my lock of the week on FanDuel. I love a, a couple running backs. DeAndre Washington is obviously a gimme, but I think Lamar Jackson on FanDuel is even more of a gimme. He's so far and away the best value. Uh, even at $9,300, you have to find a way to fit him in your lineup. It's like Michael Thomas, but on FanDuel this week. I mean, is there anyone else you would even consider, Derek? I'd consider Matt Ryan. It, it's blown up. I played I played Matt Ryan twice in cash this year. It was his two worst weeks of the year. Oh, no. Well, I mean, one of them against Tampa Bay, like everybody used him. So no one can fault you for that. You know, he doesn't feel great to me, but he projects really well. And I think he's cheap enough where you can consider doing it. He's at home. He's in the dome. It's a pass-heavy offense. He's going up against a defense that just sucks lately. Yeah, so I have no problem with Ryan as a, as a cash play. You know, on, on DraftKings, I'd probably rather get up to Jackson or down to Greer. On FanDuel, I think there are good builds with Ryan, um, you know, where, where you're not getting up to Jackson because he's so expensive. I think that's fair. Tags, besides Lamar Jackson, is there anyone else you'd even consider? I mean, Russell Wilson's not a bad play, I guess. I mean, Andy Dalton at 5,200 isn't the, isn't the worst play against Miami. I talked about the game pace in that one. There should be a lot of plays. And it's not like he's going to be horrible like he was last week against New England. Like, he throws the ball 40 times per game when he starts this season. He's got as many fantasy points per game as Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I said it in the in the YouTube video that I did. If Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing a defense as bad as Miami, would you start him? Of, of course you would. I think Andy Dalton's a top 15 quarterback this week. And at his price point, 5,200. Yeah, that makes sense. The one thing I'll say about Dalton, because we've kind of, you know, mentioned some guys in that game, Boyd, Devontae, um, now we're talking about Dalton. It does look like it's going to be raining and it's looked like it's going to be raining and potentially a little bit windy, which is something that I know a lot of um, projection systems and, and even analysts don't take into account. But that kind of thing definitely matters. And so I'm probably a little bit lower on on this spot than, than others will be. Um, I just have a little more, you know, reluctance because... You know, mathematically, those things do impact performance. Absolutely, yeah. In cash, in cash especially. So I, I'm with you on that one. I, I don't take a look at weather until Saturday at the very earliest because obviously the weather reports can change. But uh, I do look at that stuff on Sunday morning. Talk about it in the live stream. So I agree with you that not enough people put that into consideration, and especially when you're talking about a cash game where you want things as pretty as stable as possible. And you've already touched you, you already touched on the fact that you know players in domes that it, it's something that people undervalue. So. So I do agree here, but as for the Carson Wentz conversation, I feel like Wentz, with the way that they've been attacking the middle of the field with with Dallas Goddard, with Zach Ertz, with the running backs, that's where Dallas has really been struggling a little bit over the middle of the field as of late. They are really good on the perimeter, but as we know, Philadelphia isn't really using perimeter wide receivers because they really don't have any. So Wentz at 5,800 kind of makes some sense. 
Yep, I think that's a good call as well. And I also want to mention, now this is a DFS podcast, but if you're listening, you've got Jameis Winston in your lineup, I want to tell you to pay close attention to the weather there because Jameis Winston, we've seen him in bad weather throughout his career, even back into college, and he has always been a complete disaster. I would tread very carefully with that. If it was a clear day, I would expect Jameis Winston, I'd, I'd have him ranked in my top five uh, quarterbacks. But because of this, I'm, I'm thinking about putting him outside my top 12. Now, let's go to the tight end position for cash games. Uh, now, over on FanDuel, I always like to spend up because, you know, the difference between a Zach Ertz $6,900 and and our uh, 11th best tight end, Mike Gesicki, $5,300. Like, that's not much at all. You can afford to pay up for a Zach Ertz or a Darren Waller this week. Over on DraftKings tags, they give you a lot more options. Like Austin Hooper's 4,400. Is that who you're using? He's the play that I want to go with. Yes, absolutely. Like that's the best play on the Falcons. I, I like him a lot more than Julio this week uh, with that, the way everything lines up. I, I love Hooper and people are hating on him after last week. I'm not really doing that. The target should be there for him. 4,400, they've priced him down enough to the point where it's like, okay, I'll take the the certainty of Hooper's targets over the the instability of, uh, of Mike Gesicki's, I know he's getting targets, but his inefficiency has showed up like all over the place. So it's been very volatile. So I'll just take Hooper here. I agree with that. Derek, are you using Austin Hooper and what would you do on FanDuel? Yeah, it's easily Hooper. If you're playing anybody else but Hooper in cash games on DraftKings this week, you're probably not good at DFS. Um, he's, just <laughs> so, he's just so clearly the guy. Like he's at home, he's in the dome. There's no Ridley. So there should be even a little bit of extra volume than what he was getting previously. And he's so cheap. Like, he's just easily the guy. And he's amazing. Like, Austin Hooper's one of, let's not forget, he's one of the best four tight ends in football. Yeah, he, he's very good. I mean, he projects as as the Blitz's third favorite tight end this week, just in a vacuum. And he's so cheap. So he, he's easily the guy. Over on FanDuel, it's it's either him or you pay up to Ertz. You know, Ertz is in a great spot. No Alshon. There's, you know, extra volume with him. Like you said, the matchup sets up well for him. I have no problem either way. I think they're they're both fine plays on FanDuel. Yeah, you look at him the last couple of weeks, 11 targets, 11, 14, 6, 13, 10, a good matchup against Dallas. I don't, I don't know why. Dallas is great against uh, perimeter wide receivers, but against the tight end, uh, they've left it open, as you mentioned, with Carson Wentz tags. I think Darren Waller's an all-right play, more so for GPP, but uh, yeah, over on DraftKings, it's Austin Hooper. Over on FanDuel, I love Zach Ertz, and Austin Hooper's a great play as well. I wanted to ask you this, Derek, okay, because I know you're one of the guys that doesn't hesitate on DraftKings to use one of these super cheap tight ends in your flex. Are you doing it this week, and can you explain why you've done that in the past? I don't do it super often. I don't think I've done it at all this year. Um, I'm probably going to do it if I play this like three-game Saturday slate. I think going Kittle-Howard makes a lot of sense. But on, on the main slate, I generally try to go three running backs in cash games. I think that's the the better play to, you know, the better way to go. Um, this week, I wouldn't see a second tight end to even really want to do it with. I agree. I, I like Hollister this week, but not for cash games. Okay, let's go DST now. And uh, Tags, who are you starting us off with in cash games? Are you just whoever I have the money for? Or are you going super cheap? I hate that you asked me first. <laughs> you know, usually I have a defense that like is right in that like twenty two hundred to twenty five, twenty six hundred dollar range, but I don't this week. I'm kind of like at a. Po- you're you're not using Cleveland against Lamar Jackson. Well, I've actually thought about it. 
at eighteen hundred, like that's I know, man. <laughs> that's, I was kind of teasing, kind of serious. I might land there to be honest with you, just because they're just so damn cheap. And I mean, they've been terrible without Miles Garrett, and they I think they have like just three sacks over the last three games or something like that. So it's been bad. But Lamar Jackson is a guy that I'll take a couple sacks. Maybe he throws a pick. It, it, the game is in Cleveland. It's a divisional game. Things can go a little bit weird in divisional games. So knowing that I don't feel great about any other defense, that's why I've thought about them. Because when I first saw it, I was like, because it popped as my number one value in terms of like my projections. And I was like, no, I'm not playing. No, I'm not going to do that. And then I started looking through all the other defenses. And it's like, I don't want to go up to 3,500 for the Broncos. I probably don't have that type of cash. So I'm probably going to stick with the uh, Browns, even though I'm, I might regret it. Yeah, we need five points out of them. They get that more often than not, you know, and they're going up against Baltimore, so it's not great, but it's not like Lamar Jackson is the greatest passer in the world. He's got a great touchdown rate. He's very much improved in the passing game. He's phenomenal running. He's the clear-cut MVP at this point, um, but this isn't as terrible of a matchup as it seems, and Derek, as we know, fantasy points, it doesn't matter so much how many points you give up in real life. It matters if you're getting the sacks and the turnovers. Could you see using Cleveland, or do you have another defense you are more comfortable with? Hopefully you do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, defense is always the spot that I care the least about because it's so variable. You know, points, like you said, are scored in ways that are different than, you know, the way most people kind of assume points are scored for defenses. I always just kind of just play whatever defense fits. You know, I'll go on the cheaper side if, it, if there's a close call or whatever. So I'm not going to tell anyone they're, they're wrong to play the cheapest defense ever. Like, the Browns are probably fine enough. Uh, for me, I'd rather find the extra 400 probably and get up to the Jaguars. I think they're, you know, probably going to get double the points for an extra 400. So that seems fine to me. 2200. It, it, that's probably the cheapest defense I would go with. If I have a little bit more, depending on how builds work out, you know, I, th- I do think the Colts are fine. I do think the Falcons are fine. I think in the mid range, I think like the Cowboys or the Redskins are fine, but really, you know, defense is your last piece. Build, build an offense that you like and then play a defense that works with them. I'll say this, on DraftKings, I like New Orleans against Tennessee. I know Ryan Tannehill's been really good, but um, let's not forget New Orleans has a pretty good defense as well. Um, Over on FanDuel, I'm spending up for the Baltimore Ravens against Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. I mean, this is one of the best defenses in football. You don't have to pay $5,000 like you do for a bunch of other uh, elite defenses. And, And frankly, this is my number one defense on the week. So if I'm getting them as the fourth most expensive, I don't have a problem with it. If I'm going cheaper, I'm probably going down into the New York Jets because they get uh, Duck Hodges, and the Jets have been playing better defense as well. They're 3,600. Okay, so we're going to flip it around and go to GPP, but first, I know a lot of you guys are in your championship, and you're going to win this week, right? When you win, I want you to go to shop.fantasypros.com and get yourself some memorabilia. This is the best place for fantasy owners or league commissioners to get championship gear. We've got trophies, championship rings, belts, and even super comfortable fantasy champion t-shirts available. This gear is going to help you rub your victory in your league mates' faces. Again, that's shop.fantasypros.com. The t-shirts are extremely comfortable, and you aren't going to believe how cheap they are. Like, seriously, I'm telling you they're cheap, and you're still going to be blown away at how cheap they are. They're super comfortable. Shop.fantasypros.com. Let's flip it around and go GPP. We're going to start at the DST position. And Derek, the way this works on our show, we move a lot faster through GPP. It's not as much analysis as it is just naming the guys that we like. So Tags, why don't you start us? Do you have a contrarian DST maybe that you could see getting in the end zone, forcing multiple turnovers, maybe uh, eight of them like the Vikings had last week? Well, yeah, like when you pay up for a defense, what you're doing is you're trying, it's going to create some uh, contrarian plays in the rest of your lineup. So I'm going to go to the Broncos at 3,500. They're a team that's at home. Uh, 
Uh, they're favored by nearly a, a full touchdown. Obviously, we we. I mean, if, you, if you've watched football, the Lions football particularly over the last couple of weeks, you understand why. I would say the Broncos, like that's a team that has struggled a little bit, but they're, that's not a team that's given up. They're not the Jaguars or anything like that. So I, th- I think they want to go out in a high note. That game is in Detroit or uh, in Denver. So uh, 3,500 just makes a lot of sense for me. Derek, do you have a GPP play you're fond of? I mean, it's defense. Honestly, play, play any of them that work. Anyone could get 20 fantasy points. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if we have some, you know, it sounds like maybe some Philly guys like Ertz or whoever, maybe even Wentz could get some ownership. I think the Cowboys, especially on FanDuel, are a really strong play. I think so as well. Tags, I was going to say Denver, so I guess I'll just go on over to Indianapolis against Carolina. It's not super contrarian, but the thing is, because they're so expensive, not many people will... Uh, we'll be spending up on them. Let's go to tight end for GPP. There's always a guy who gets in the end zone, or just some random dude gets in the end zone two times. Who could that be this week, Derek? I mean, it could be any number of guys. I think uh, I think if you want to play Goddard, especially on FanDuel, if Ertz is going to be chalky, you can play Goddard as, as some leverage off of him. But really, I think you can play whatever tight end works with your stack. I think that's, that's one of the stronger ways to approach tight end uh, in general. Yep, I agree with that. Tags, who do you have? Yeah, uh, Goddard was uh, one of the guys on my list because I do like Ertz an awful lot, but at the same time, you know, people are going to play Ertz, they're not going to play Goddard. His targets have been there, the yards have actually been solid, and if he catches two touchdowns, we wouldn't be shocked. I think Hunter Henry's a guy coming off multiple bad games where his ownership's going to be lower, people are going to go to Hooper instead of playing him, so uh, Henry at 4,700 kind of makes some sense too. Yeah, over on FanDuel, I'm fond of Mark Andrews. Like, I'm, I'm not a Mark Andrews guy, I've been lower on him all season, ever since he you know, started super hot. He really hasn't been that great outside of one great matchup against Cincinnati. Um, so Mark Andrews is is somebody that I'm not usually fond of, but I'm telling you this week, with with the price points over on FanDuel, if someone's spending up, they're using Darren Waller, Zach Ertz, Austin Hooper, maybe Hunter Henry. They're not using Mark Andrews. We're going to get him at 2 to 5% ownership, and we know he's someone who could go off. Let's go to the wide receiver position. Tags, I know you've got like 20 plays that you love for GPP. You always do. <laughs> uh, Mike Williams is someone that actually popped up as a value for like cash, but I can't play him in cash just because the targets have been so volatile ever since they, they fired Ken Wisenhunt. But at 5K, this matchup against Oakland is just fantastic for a perimeter wide receiver like him. So I do like him an awful lot of 5K. Terry McLaurin at 62 uh, he's a little, he's priced up a little bit, but the matchup against the Giants, I mean, without uh, Janoris Jenkins there, there's legit nobody in that secondary that can cover him. And if Dwayne Haskins can carry over some momentum from last week, uh, McLaurin at 62. And then lastly, Golden Tate at 4,800. I, I, I do not mind him at all. I think that's fine, man. I mean, at, at that price point, I don't have a problem with Golden Tate. He is, what does he have, one reception each of the last two games? But everyone's looking at that and they're like, I'm not going to use freaking Golden Tate. But could he go off? Sure, absolutely. I agree. Uh, Derek, do you have a couple plays that you're fond of? Yeah, so, I mean, we kind of talked about the Jags receivers as cash guys. You know, as of right now, I don't see any ownership projections that really have them being high-owned. So, I think they're all good in GPPs. Conley, um, Didi, and I think Keelan Cole at 3,600 is a really strong value play. He's a big air yards guy. They throw the ball to him downfield. Yeah, um, we just mentioned McLaurin. I think Steve Sims at 4K is a really strong value in this spot. I don't think Alex Erickson is a bad play at 3,300 against Miami. If people are going to be playing, you know, Boyd and, and Devontae Parker in this game, I think Erickson's a really strong value at 3,300, especially if the rain clears up before game time. That's an interesting one. We've seen him get have some a couple big games, and um, we know he's someone who can, you know, 
go for a long touchdown as well. If he gets one of those at 3,300 at 1% ownership or probably more likely less than 1% ownership, that could be an awesome one. I love it. Um, now, I already mentioned that uh, that I love Curtis Samuel this week. I was going to mention Keelan Cole as well. I want to throw in Kelvin Harmon. You mentioned that uh, that Washington uh, game stack. And Kelvin Harmon, someone, when I watch him on tape, this is a dang good football player, and he's getting a lot of targets. He's getting the ball thrown uh, way downfield to him. Could I see him catching two touchdowns at his price point? Man, that would be awesome. I could definitely see it. You know, and there's one other guy that I want to mention. It's Cortland Sutton. He's one of these guys that... You know, because of what we thought of him preseason, and he hasn't become an elite wide receiver, when you see him at the price point that he's at, you're kind of like, well, if I'm going to spend this much money, I might as well go spend it on one of these guys that I think is a star. Could Cortland Sutton have another 25-point game? Yeah, he definitely could against Detroit. It's a very good matchup. I don't think he's going to be heavily used. Let's go to the running back position now. Uh, Tags, why don't you start us again? Uh, so Marlon Mack is someone that people are going to be coming off of uh, in that game that was just abysmal. Uh, he had nowhere to run. Like he didn't look great, but he didn't have anywhere to run either. It's like that. It, it's like they showed up physically in New Orleans, but they actually didn't show up to play a football game. That's that's how that team looked. It was just like they were just going through the motions, and it was terrible. But 6,200 against Carolina, a team that has allowed 24 rushing touchdowns this year. Uh, no other team in the NFL has allowed more than 14 uh, to running backs. So I, I do like Marlon Mack at 62. We talked about Zeke and. Um, I'm going to keep saying it, and I'm probably going to regret it, but Alvin Kamara at 7,500, I mean, the guy's still getting the work, and if he turns into Alvin Kamara and like all of a sudden that regression stops happening, then people are going to be like, why didn't we play him at 7,500, a guy that was getting all those touches, and he's given a solid floor. It's not like he's been awful. Like He's averaging near almost five yards per carry, so it's like Alvin Kamara is still good at football. It's just he hasn't scored touchdowns. I'm not laughing because it's a bad call. I'm laughing because it's just so ridiculous how we just not has not been performing, and it's so disappointing. Uh, Derek, do you have a couple of GPP plays at the running back position? Yeah, I think Kamara is a great one. He's a guy who is still, even though he hasn't been getting the fantasy points, he is still getting the volume, and this is an elite offense. So Kamara's a great play. I think Jalen Rashard is a great pivot off of DeAndre Washington, who's going to be super chalky. Rashard's not going to get as much work as Washington, but he is going to get work in the pass game if he winds up in the end zone. I think he's a great play at 3,500 in a GPP. I mentioned Adrian Peterson as a cash play. I think he's a great GPP play also just from a pure value and low ownership perspective. I think he's great. And I think Chris Thompson in the same uh, the same offense is probably viable. Um, and then Miles Sanders, who's been getting pretty much all the work for, for uh, Philly, you know. Finally, finally, Doug Peterson is letting a running back do this, yeah. Yeah, like he's actually getting the work. His price is going up, sure, but I still think he's a good enough play where, where you can play him in GPPs for sure. I was so excited to tell everybody about Miles Sanders, who happens to be the best real-life running back in a game with Ezekiel Elliott playing. Like, Zeke is really good. He gets a ton of volume. When you watch Miles Sanders play on tape, He's, he's better than Zeke. He's a superstar, and they're finally giving him the touches. Dallas is weak against the run. They're great against the pass, and it doesn't matter about the game script either. Miles Sanders is going to catch the ball four or five, six times like he did last week. He's probably going to get 15 to 20 carries as well. He has had bonkers potential. Uh, last week against Washington, he went for 35 points. Definitely do it again. This is somebody that I am going to love drafting in the third or fourth round next year in season-long drafts because I think he's a... I think he's a middle second round talent if they're going to keep using him this way. That's the question is once Jordan Howard returns. I don't know if he's returning. There were some whispers that he might return this week. And if he returned, it would like it would 
seriously, like just make everybody sad. I don't think they're turning away from Miles Sanders at this point, man. Oh, they're going away from him. That's happening. Like if if Howard comes back, Peterson's going back to a timeshare because that's what Doug Peterson does. Oh man, I hope you're wrong. We've seen Ryan Matthews looked really freaking good for a stretch with the Eagles, and every single time that happened, it's like, oh, Doug Peterson's finally realized stop playing Legarrette Blunt, and he would keep going back to Blunt and Sproles and Wendell Smallwood. I now I'm angry. Yeah, it's really frustrating because, like, we want to say, well, this is logical, so coaches will do it. Right, yeah. And it just doesn't work that way. It very rarely works that <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, you're right. Coaches are going to do what they want to do. <laughs> I have got one more guy, and this is weird because, like, you would think a lot of people would use him because he's been so dang good, Derrick Henry. But everyone's going to look at this matchup against New Orleans, and they're going to say, nobody's been good against New Orleans against the run. But they're missing uh, Sheldon Rankins, Davenport. Um, they've got a lot of injuries in, on this defense. You know, when Rankins has been out, Tags, you talked about this. When Rankins plays, they're maybe the best run defense in football. Probably still Tampa, but New Orleans is at least top three. When Rankins is out, they're mediocre at best against the run. They look good against Indy, but that was... Yeah, well, they look good against Indy because, like you said, Indy didn't show up. Like, I'm wondering if everybody on their team was sick or something because they looked horrible. That was bad. Uh, yeah, so Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders are my favorites. Let's go to the quarterback position, and we'll finish the show with our lock of the week and our uh, game stack of the week for GPP. So quarterback tags, who do you have? Yeah, we've talked about a lot of the quarterbacks, and I, I don't veer too much off because it's like you play the guy that you think is going to score the most points. But uh, uh, if you want to veer off like Lamar Jackson, I would look at Dak at 64. He's not going to be owned. Like if you're in a big tournament, uh, his ownership is going to be down uh, considering the, the reported injuries and him sitting out of practice, but his upside is still there against Philly. And then uh, Gardner Minshew at 5,500. Gardner Minshew is an interesting one. I don't like his ceiling, though. I, I guess I can't blame him. He's playing in the Dome. The defense he's going up against isn't great. His price point is awesome. Um, I like Dwayne Haskins a little bit better at 4,700. And Derek, I think I might have just stolen yours since you talked about the Washington game stack earlier. Are you fond of ha- Haskins or do you have somebody else that, that you like a little more? No, I think Haskins is great. Obviously, you're not playing him by himself. You're playing him as part of a Washington stack with, you know, Harmon, Sims, McLaurin, whoever you want. You know, we mentioned Greer and Ryan as cash plays. They're both awesome GPP plays also. And I think Phillip Rivers is is an interesting play. You know, he's he's a little bit too cheap. He's got a great matchup against Oakland. He has obvious guys that you can pair him with, you know, stack him with Keenan Allen. You can throw in whoever you want, Henry, Williams. You know, it's maybe a little more diversified than you want for a stack. You'll kind of have to build some different combos. But from a value perspective, I think Rivers is is a strong play. I think that's a really good call. And I'm going to go back to Ryan Tannehill as somebody that uh, is, again, going to be pretty low owned because his price just keeps rising a little bit. He's got another good matchup. And you look at what he's done since he became the starter. How many big games has he had? 25 against Carolina, 32 against Jacksonville, 29 against Oakland, 25 against Houston. He's finally throwing the ball more than 30 times a game. He runs the ball too. He's got multiple touchdowns in eight straight games. I guess that's a little bit uh, unreliable, but uh, Ryan Tannehill has been an excellent, super efficient quarterback. And if they extend him to 40 passes against New Orleans in, the, in a game script, man, he could go off. Okay, uh, anyone else you guys want to add in before we give our locks of the week? Nope. That's it for me. Nope. All right. Derek, you get to start us off. You give your cash game lock of the week, and then Tags and I can't use the same one. I'm not going to do the super obvious one because one of you guys, I'll let you have him. I'm going to say Michael Thomas because Michael Thomas is a lock. Mm -hmm. I thought when you were saying the super obvious one, you were going to say Thomas. Now, I know who you're talking about. Tags, are you taking DeAndre Washington? I'm going to take Joe Mixon. Oh, baby. All right. I'll take DeAndre Washington then. Heck yeah. Look at that. We got a solid start to our lineup. Like decent. It's a balanced lineup too, in terms of like cost. Like you don't have to like, like worry at every other position. 
Yeah, and uh, I want to add in Lamar Jackson is just an incredible play on FanDuel. On DraftKings, Austin Hooper is an incredible play. Uh, now let's go with our game stack of the week. This is for GPP. Maybe three guys on one team, one guy on the other team bringing it back around. However you want to do it, though, Derek, what do you have for us? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Washington Washington Giants. Go uh, Haskins, McLaurin, Sims. Run it back with Saquon or something like that. Very cool. I like that a lot. Tags, what do you have for us, man? I'm going to go to the Dome in Atlanta. I'm going to say Gardner Minshew, Chris Conley, Austin Hooper, and Devonta Freeman. Okay. And I'm going back to Tennessee, as I mentioned, with Ryan Tannehill. I'm going to throw in A.J. Brown there. I'm going to go Jonu Smith, getting that tight end in the mix, and then bringing it back around, obviously, Michael Thomas. Don't need to be contrarian there. And I like that option a lot. They've got an over-under of 50.5 points in this game. Guys, that's all for today's podcast. Derek, really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. All right, and I want to say thanks to the sponsors of today's show, Travis Matthew, which is what I am always wearing. If you go to travismatthew.com slash football, you're going to get 15% off your first purchase. And also Pristine Auction. It's a great place to get yourself gifts for your cave or anybody that loves sports. There's great values. Everything's guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. That's pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com. And don't forget to sign up for our signed Kenny Galladay full-sized helmet. Drop us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Take a screenshot and send it to us at contest at fantasypros.com. Again, the details for that are at fantasypros.com slash contest. And by the way, when you win your championship this week, don't forget to go get yourself some championship gear. Or if you're a commissioner, get it for your league at shop.fantasypros.com. For Derek Cardi and Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.